This podcast is a ministry of Crossroads Community Church in Hatfield, Pennsylvania. And now, the message. So it's coming, Thanksgiving. Uh, Hopefully you're ready, uh, whatever ready means for you. Some of you, you've got family coming in. Some of you, you wish family was coming in. Some of you have family coming in and you would like to talk to those who wish and you'd say, think twice. (sighs) Of course, uh, political chats, right? Yeah, that'll be exciting. Uh, Hey, it's going to be a rich... uh, it's going to be a rich holiday for all of us, I think. Have you ever noticed that sometimes thanks, it's kind of a hard thing to know exactly what to give thanks for. I, I heard the story, and I'm just going to read it to you and repeat it. Um, the story was about two men who were walking through a field. Uh, this is kind of like a, an older story. Walking through a field, and suddenly they heard snorts, and they looked up, and they saw a bull, raging bull, heading right toward them in the field. And, and they looked at the bull, and they looked at the fence, and they began running for the fence. And as they ran, it became apparent that the bull would arrive before they would. And uh, they, they, were, they were terrified. And, and one of them shouted out to the other, put up a prayer, John. We are in for it. And John answered, I can't. I've never prayed a prayer in my life. The other one says, well, the bull is going to catch us. By all means, I implore you, say a prayer. And John said, I'm going to say the only prayer I know. It's the one my father taught me. Oh, Lord, for what we are about to receive, make us truly thankful. (laughs) Some things are harder to be thankful for than others. So if you've got a Bible, I'm going to invite you to open it up to the book of Luke, chapter 17. Uh, there's, if you don't have a Bible and you want to hold one in your hands, there's a blue hardcover, and we're going to project them up here as well. This is a familiar story. Many of you, if you've been around church at all, you've heard it. In fact, if, you've, if today's your first time ever showing up at church, you may have still heard this story, the story of the ten lepers. Um, and, and so as we look at it, I, I, I want to perhaps, maybe we'll see something that we haven't seen in other Uh, glances. We're going to start reading in verse 11. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and they called out with a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went... They were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back. I hope that's not me, right? Okay. Praising God with a loud voice, he threw himself at Jesus' feet. And he thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give thanks to God except this foreigner, Then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. I want to notice just a couple of things that are kind of obvious. In fact, preparing this this message, I realized that at any point, if I were to keel over, probably most of you could finish it. We already know the punchline to this story. So knowing that, what in the world is there left to be said? 
So let's just look at, like from an outline point of view. First of all, notice the position of all of them. They were all in the same position. It says that they were lepers. You probably have heard something about leprosy. Today, um, something like six million people are, are receiving treatment or being healed from leprosy. Uh, and it's not that big of a deal today. Uh, but in this day and age, when they believed that it was super contagious. There is a contagious time for leprosy. But anyway, the, the law was simple. If you were found to have some kind of a lesion that looked like it was leprosy, you were put outside of the community. You lived apart from everyone. You, you worked apart from everyone. In fact, if, any, if anyone came near you, you had to shout out, leper, leper. I mean, talk about a life of isolation. The only consolation was the fact that other lepers could live together which is why there are 10 men here, all with leprosy. It was a, a terrible, um, not just debilitating, uh, but isolating position. It had cut them off from all of their community. Loved ones, holidays, you don't get to go home. I want you to notice, secondly, the prayer of all of them. They all were in the same position, and they all offered the same prayer. They stood at a distance and they called out with a loud voice. They requested, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Um, apparently, they had heard something about Jesus. Something about the fact that this teacher could heal. And so they shouted from a distance. And we understand why they shouted from a distance. They were lepers. They couldn't get close. What's really interesting about this is that Jesus shouts back. Most of the time when he healed people, he would walk right up to them and touch them and heal them. And Jesus certainly wasn't afraid of getting leprosy. So it's kind of unique. They yelled to him. He yelled back. Go show yourselves to the priests. Which was what you were to do if you thought you had been healed or if something was better. The priests were the ones who made that call about whether or not you could be let back into the community. So they were just given instruction by Jesus to go do what they would do if they were already healed. But they're not healed yet. Kind of a conundrum, huh? Uh, uh, okay. Uh, and they're looking at each other. Uh, but apparently, doing what Jesus said was better off than their alternative, which was nothing. And so, we assume they began. And as they were walking, they began to notice that they had been healed. As they were going, now there are so many parallels and metaphors we could use. Even here at Crossroads, we talk about people being on a journey toward knowing and loving Jesus, following him. They were on a journey, but then they were literally on a physical journey. And as they were walking, wow, this will preach, as they obeyed him, the answer came. Man, that'll preach. Now, we don't know which priests they were going to. Depending on where they were, they, maybe there was a little town with a little synagogue that had a priest. If they had to go all the way back to Jerusalem, it would have been two or three days' walk. But whatever that time frame, they're walking and they look down 
just talking to today about somebody about who, who hurt themselves, and they, they look down and realize, oh, I'm bleeding. Imagine looking down and saying, wow, I, wait, I'm healed. So they all were in the same position. They all had the same, the, the, the same prayer. But now we, we're going to look at the praise of one. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back. Now, pause it for a minute. However far they walked to get to the priest, they were on the way to the priest. And when he saw he was healed, he turned around. He turned around. Where did the others go? I assume, we're left to assume that they kept going to the priest. They obeyed. In a sense, this guy didn't do what he was told. He couldn't help himself. Now, the other nine must have noticed they were healed too. And how did they respond? They probably started running to the priest. They could not wait to get clearance because they were going to make it home in time for Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever. They were going to show up at their house and everyone was going to tears and, and hugs. and it was, This was just downright miraculous. And I think if you and I were to stop any of those nine and we would say, what happened? They would say, Jesus, he told us to do this, and then we're fine. He says, well, and if we said to them, are you thankful for being healed? They would say, of course. And here's an important lesson for us today. You see, being thankful, feeling thankful, isn't really quite enough. Feeling thankful. In fact, we, we heard it a lot last week. It was wonderful. You know, I'm just so thankful. I'm just so thankful. But I was already kind of listening for the people who said who they were thankful to and thanking people. Being thankful. You see, only one of the ten saw the opportunity to give thanks. It's different from being thankful this communicating thanksgiving. Only one of them knew the object of their thankfulness. I've been listening this week to other people talking about thanksgiving. And I heard all kinds of people talk about being thankful. I am just so thankful. I'm so thankful for my career and my millions and millions of dollars. I am so thankful that I'm better at what I do than almost everybody in the world. I am so much better. And they were just thankful. And they were, it sounded so nice, except you just realized, wait a minute, who are you thanking? Who was the object of their thanks? In fact, this is kind of scary. There is a kind of thanks. There is a kind of thankfulness that maybe works in reverse. Remember, Jesus talked about uh, the sinner and the Pharisee, the Levite, and they were both praying. And, and that, that spiritual person said, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men. Not all thankfulness is created equal. This kind of general, well, I'm just thankful. Just be thankful. 
Here's the point. Thankfulness must have an object. The people who aren't saying anything, listen for who is the object of their thankfulness. It's either themselves or this big nebulous kind of, you know, karma universe thing. I want to say, well, you're getting closer. Would you like to know his name? See, only one saw the opportunity. Only one knew the object. Paul writes this in Colossians. It's uh, one of my favorite passages, Colossians 1. He says, for this reason, since the day we have heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. He's writing to a church. So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and that you can please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have endurance and patience. And giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he's rescued you from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son that he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. You see, the key to really being thankful is remembering what it is we should be thankful for and to whom that thanksgiving is directed. Funny thing about thanks, thankfulness is that it has a need to be communicated. So Jesus goes on when he says, well, weren't all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? And, and here's, the, here's the point. I think if, if there's a lesson here, what was Jesus, why was he telling the story? What was the lesson of the story? It was about the importance of communicating back a thankful heart. It's a funny thing about gratitude. And we all do this, right? We often feel thankful. In fact, almost everybody would feel thankful, right? It's what our parents, it was one of the first lessons our parents taught us, right? Somebody, if you were a kid and somebody came up to you and gave you something, and you take it, and, they would, and, and what would a parent say? Ah, what do you say? I read, uh, <laughs> read about a little boy who was given an orange by a man, and the boy's mother tapped and said, what do you say to the nice man? And the boy thought for a second, and he handed the orange back, and he said, peel it. <laughs> yeah, we all know deep inside, when, if you see a child, don't get me started on Halloween this year. Um, so many of these kids, you know, like, hi, and these kids are like, they say, hey, 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 that's mine. He says, I don't want that junk. Give me the, like, I'm looking at the parents, and the parents are like, right? We all know deep down inside that it's just wrong. We say, thank you. But here's the deal. Often we feel thankful. We don't necessarily say it. That's, that's the conundrum that Jesus is highlighting. And you know, funny thing about thankfulness 
you can be really, really, really thankful. But when you don't share it with the person to whom it is due, it actually feels like ingratitude. Have you ever wondered when you see that look of pain on somebody's face? What, 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 what? It's because they know, they were hoping for a thank you. And what they got was nothing. But guess what? In that sense, a nothing isn't zero, it's negative. Gratitude that isn't expressed feels it's received like ingratitude. Just the opposite of what you were feeling. And then when it comes out, then we're, nothing could be further from the truth. I felt so thankful. And so this is actually something that can be life-changing, good or bad, if we don't learn this lesson. Gratitude that isn't communicated. It's not expressed. It feels just like ingratitude. Now, what's interesting I see here is that when Jesus says, where are the other guys? What happened to them? Weren't 10 healed? The expectation was obviously that 10 would come back. But think of the sacrifice, the temptation to run to the priest, get checked out, run to your family. And now suddenly we find this one Samaritan. By the way, he was a Samaritan. What did that mean? The story was given to Jews. He was the least likely to be thankful. The least likely to get it right. Sometimes I feel like that's us. Me. I'm the least likely to get this right. And before he finished all those things for himself, he turned around. Wow. Shouldn't we already know this? See, he had to go back to thank the one who made it possible for him to go forward. He had to go back in order to thank the one who made it possible for him to go forward. We all have people like that. We all have people that have helped us Get where we are today. The problem is we don't express it. Sometimes we don't express it. Well, they're far away. Or we say, oh, they must know. Remember, not expressed gratitude is received just like ingratitude. You might as well tell them. You might as well send them a nasty note. Thanks for nothing. Because that's what they get. Or sometimes, you know, we don't thank people because, frankly... They were just doing what they were supposed to do. You know, I'm not going to thank my employees for working. I pay them to work. I mean, that's what moms do. That's what dads do. That's what sisters or brothers are supposed to do. That's what neighbors do. That's what fellow brothers and sisters in Christ do. It's just what we're supposed to do. And so we don't go back to thank the person who made it possible for us to go forward. You see, some of us are real spiritual. We're going to be tempted to be really thankful to God. And yet I think God would say, uh, why are you ignoring everyone else? So going back 
and communicating to those who have blessed us. Now, and this is going to happen to some of you, you know, spouses or family members, you're in the room and, and so you're all here together. You're going to have this tendency to like, I'm, going to, I'm not going to do it right away because I want to put a little time between that message and when I do it. <laughs> you know, because I don't want it to look like I just did it instantly what Mike said because, oh, you know. I do this. My wife likes her car washed. I could care less, but she likes the car washed. In fact, once in a while she'll say, hey, maybe could you wash the car? And I think to myself, I will, but I'm not going to do it now. <laughs> I'm going to wait so that when I do it, she'll think it was my idea. <laughs> and she'll think I'm thoughtful. <laughs> and so I wait. Months and months. <laughs> Isn't it true? So, since it's the week of Thanksgiving, maybe we should give each other permission to just do what we've heard today right away. And do it all week long. Say to those who've been a blessing, thank you. Some of you ladies have been keeping a a thankfulness journal because of the, the class. As soon as, and by the way, I think we're going to do that as a church next year. We're going to take like 40 days of gratitude before Thanksgiving. And everyone's going to try to write a thousand things to be thankful for. Because when you start looking back at the pages, you just marvel. So let's make sure that we learn what it is Jesus is saying here. Go back to those who have blessed you and thank them. Anything less sounds like ingratitude. And the more you thank those who've blessed you, you won't, the minute you're alone, you're going to turn to God and say, by the way, thank you for all these friends. Thank you for these people who've invested. Thank you for all these opportunities. Thank, and, and you won't know where to stop. So thankfulness for this one opened the opportunity for intimacy with Jesus. I mean, see, he came back. He was the only one who came back to say thank you, but consider what he got. See, the others, they had a priest tell them, well, I think you're good. This guy heard it from Jesus' own lips. You are healed. And only he had that interaction with Jesus the Savior. Thankfulness opens the way for intimacy to Jesus. The only question today is, will we see the opportunity when it comes? Let's pray. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, before we pray... Listen to this story. There was a father and mother of a young man who was killed in the military. The, the father and mother were in a little church. One day, they came to the pastor and they told him uh, that they wanted to give a monetary gift as a memory of their son who had died in battle. And the pastor said, that's a wonderful gesture on your part. 
And he, he asked if it was okay to tell the congregation about their gift, and they said it was. And so he announced that this family who had lost a son had given a significant gift to honor their son and to communicate their thankfulness for their son. And on the way home from church, another couple were driving home. And as they went down the highway, the father said to the wife, why don't we give a gift to the church for our son? And the wife said, but our son didn't die in any conflict. He's still alive. And the father said, that's my point exactly. What are the blessings that we almost overlook? Lord Jesus, by your spirit, teach us to be thankful and to communicate a thankful heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Intro music by bensound.com. Visit us online at crossroads-cc.org.